He just shows up to work when he wants. He just shows up when he wants to. When he wants. And that's not how we do it in America where you have to be here or else you're fired. Yeah. Anyway, hi and (laughs) welcome to Real Horror Show. I am your host, Samantha, and I am joined as always by the stormy skies. So yeah, this is our mini show. We said we were going to start watching The Vampire Diaries. Um, yep. <laughs> I've watched two episodes. Oh, cool. I Sam, I am going to watch at least two this evening after we get off. Uh, awesome. My- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like teen bullshit, but I'm a little into it. <laughs> okay. I will probably get that vibe too. I'll be like, this is some fucking teen bullshit, but I'm into it. <laughs> like, it's nine seasons, so it's not going to all be great. Yeah. You just got to get get over, get past the hump of the first season, and I think we'll be smooth sailing after that. Yeah. And as a huge fan of the OC, I'm a firm believer that a teen drama should only be like four seasons, because then you meet them in high school and then you maybe get one year of college. And after that, mm-hmm. you don't need to see them anymore. Right. So I hope that this show like kind of chronicles them growing up into adults instead of like one season being like one week, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, I hope the timing is okay and not like, I hope it doesn't take forever. Yeah. But we'll talk we'll talk more about that in a minute. We gotta pick our movie for next week. Oh yeah, oh boy, let's pick our movie. I, I um really am hoping for a specific movie and I hope all our prayers reach the J Man. <laughs> I I hope so too. There was I a just... big snowstorm on the East Coast, you never know. <laughs> oh shit, sorry, I, I just got distracted. There's a new cool hip teen cancer movie on Netflix. I love me some cool hip tan- cancer teens. There it is. All right, so this week we are watching the Blair Witch Project, which just turned twenty years old. Oh, what a cool thing, listeners! That's right, Blair Witch maybe, Project is streaming on Netflix. Twenty years old, maybe twenty years old. I don't math. Twenty something. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. So I guess yeah. that's that's twenty two years now. 20- um mm-hmm. yes oh god yes um anyway yes. <laughs> uh three three student filmmakers march into the woods to make a documentary about a fabled witch credited with a string of murders dating back to dating back 200 years this movie is ominous chilling and scary oh yeah <laughs> uh as we all know blair witch project Probably the most successful independent movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a huge reach. Uh, it was one of the first major found footage movies. Yeah, and we can. Can we like say with confidence that this maybe like was like the first like very good found footage horror movie? I would say probably. I feel like um, cannibal Holocaust fans would argue with us. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I've never seen Cannibal Holocaust. I'm sorry. Sorry, me too. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know that that was kind of done in a documentary style. So um, to the point it was so well done, I think the director had to go into hiding or something because he was going to be arrested for the deaths of the actors in his movie. Um, it's a whole thing. Someday we'll watch Cannibal Holocaust. I think there is a version of it on Shudder. 
Oh, Shudder, all right. So we could venture over to Shudder at some point. Yeah. It's okay to wander off Netflix occasionally as long as yeah. it's accessible online for someone who only has $20 in their bank account. Right. Didn't you have... I thought you had Shudder. Did you just have, like, Shudder for a bit? Uh, I usually swap around um, outside of Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. I usually kind of float around what other subscription services I have. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like I haven't watched one in about a month, I'll cancel it. And then when there's a lot of content I want to watch on there, I'll re-up it. Oh, well, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. Nothing against Shutter. It's just, it's $5 a month, and I can save that $5 a month if I'm not using it. Yeah, absolutely. And put it towards um, the Hallmark streaming network instead. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, talking about the Blair Witch, Sam and I were talking about it a little bit before we started to record, so let's continue that conversation. So Yeah, so. We, yeah, we thought we had already, like, done our episode on it but we didn't because sam remembered something else that she was yeah. going to do <laughs> so back when we used to actually write content for our <laughs> website i was going to write a review on the official quote-unquote sequel to the blair mm. witch um which is just titled the blair witch mm. uh, which came out 2015 2016 i was gonna oh, say you were, you were so close i was so, i just <laughs> Was pulling that out of my ass. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, which I didn't really care for, but a lot of people in the horror community like it, so maybe I should revisit it. Yeah. But Stormy was remembering the other sequel, <laughs> The Book of Shadows, which Ugh. is universally despised. <laughs> despised? <laughs> just I, I mean, I, I just feel like people don't like it because it strays so far from the source material. It's not found footage, and the characters are awful, and you see the Blair Witch. Oh, I don't want some, that. Some kind of ghost. Basically, it follows this guy who does tours of the Blair Witch, like, woods. Oh. And the tour group gets, like, super high and drunk one night, and weird what? shit happens. And I, it's a weird trip. It's a very early 2000s horror oh. movie sequel. Yeah, um, yeah, the only thing that's scary about Blair Witch 2 is, like, the cover of the, like, like the movie poster with the guy's scary screaming face, and that's mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I'm looking at the picture now. <laughs> we're, we're not watching that, we're watching The Blair Witch Project, the universally beloved found footage horror movie mm -hmm. with a lot of interesting details we can discuss on our official episode absolutely but now absolutely. it's time to dive into into some background regarding vampire diaries yes absolutely um so let us go ahead and just confess that two weeks ago we were supposed to have watched 11 episodes and like we just kind of didn't get to it yet we're just still trying to get there <laughs> so i think There's we're finally we're ready now Listen, I'm not part of Sundance. Yeah. I wish I was, but I'm pretending I am by watching like good movies on Netflix. Yeah. So I just didn't get around to it. 
Um, and that's but fine. Anyway. I've been reading a lot lately. So I just have just been doing that instead. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Doing um, that. But a lot of people, sorry, my computer made a noise. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> consider the Vampire Diaries to be a Twilight ripoff because the show became really popular around 2009, 2010. Mm. Um, but really, that's not the case at all. You see, I, I don't think we covered this in our publishing master's degree, mm -hmm. but back in 1991, a book packaging company called Alloy Entertainment mm -hmm. wanted to have a version of Interview with a Vampire for a YA audience. And a book packaging company is just like kind of a sketchy company. I am maybe not sketchy, but they basically integrate um, agents, editors, writers into one roof. And so LJ Smith was hired to do this. She was hired to follow this vague outline. And so she took what she was already working on for her personal writing career, took her characters and just adapted it into this mold of a pretty girl who has to choose between two hot vampire boyfriends. <laughs> and all, all of this is in 1991. The first four books, yeah, the first four books came out between 1991 and 1992. And then, conveniently, who knows why exactly, uh, the series picked back up again in February 2009, hmm. where she wrote... Uh, three more books for the company but you see she was never hired as an actual like author oh. so alloy entertainment owned all the intellectual property involving vampire diaries she was only a work for hire oh, <laughs> author see huh so they ended up firing lj smith and so now Books 8 through 10 were written by an unknown ghostwriter, and 11 through 13 were written by Aubrey Clark, who did it as a ghostwriter, so her actual name doesn't appear on the covers of the book. Mm -hmm. E.L. Smith is, or L.J. Smith is still credited as the creator of the series, but she doesn't own any of it, which is fucking tragic. Right. Uh, I would read your contracts. Make sure you're not giving away your intellectual property, people. Yes, absolutely. And I feel for her, you know, going through the whole movie shenanigans. Absolutely. It really sucks. Yeah. Um, but she, in 2014, she was able to kind of reclaim her version of the Vampire Diaries mm -hmm. through fan fiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as of... <clears throat> 2014 through today, she is publishing her versions of the stories or how she wanted to continue the series through Amazon as legal fan fiction because Amazon um, started this thing called Kindle Worlds, which allows fan fiction authors to profit off of their fan fiction, oh. which is really weird and morally gray. However, they get permission, they receive permission from the actual like copyright owners of certain franchises for fan fiction authors to be able to do this. Yeah. And the actual like owners of the copyright in the publishing houses get a certain percentage of the royalties. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody's happy and it allows fan fiction writers to make money off their writing because um, I think there was a whole big demand for this when E.L. James published Fifty Shades of Grey as Twilight fan fiction. It is Twilight fan fiction, people. Mm-hmm. So L.J. Smith has been making money off her Vampire Diary books again. They're not canon, but they are if you are a devout L.J. Smith-written Vampire Diaries fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just thought that was interesting since we're writers and yeah. at least our single listener could be a writer. I assume they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good to kind of like have this understanding. I feel like a lot of people can like be super fans and watch the entirety of shows and read books, but they may never really know like the origin story. And we're kind of like able to provide that a little bit. So we're just trying to also like share some fun info. Yeah. And it's a lot like it's well, nothing like um, (laughs) BC Andrews died before she finished her second book series, which was the um, Heaven's Gate series. She's the author of Flowers in the Attic. So she died. She only published like seven books as V.C. Andrews and everything else. I always joke, I want the work dedication of V.C. Andrews because she's dead and has published like 40 books since she died. Mm -hmm. And that's because her estate hired a ghostwriter to continue writing as her. And people are very passionate about this because he is not as good as her. And he really kind of, he's just not as good as her. And he does some really sketchy shit, like um, review his own books, gives what gives them five fuck? stars on Goodreads. <laughs> That's like the equivalent of like liking your own status on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> or like liking your own picture on Instagram. It's weird. Which, confession, I do like my own well, not my personal own, but like for the brands I control on Instagram, I always get the like likes rolling by going on my other profiles and liking those pictures. I do that too, like guilty, but like... I don't like a post by Samantha Odie as myself. Yeah, yeah. That's like if I accidentally go on the Real Horror Show Facebook and like a Real Horror Show Facebook yeah status it says real horror show likes this it's like what the fuck so yeah it's just like kind of weird just frowned upon but i do think it's interesting how the vampire diaries does seem to exist to reap off the success of other vampire books Mm -hmm. because when you look at how the series picked back up in 2009 there's not a doubt in my mind i didn't find anything confirming this on the wikipedia just that L.J. Smith came back to write um, a few more books in 2009. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious a certain other vampire series had to do with Alloy Entertainment wanting to pick the series back up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because 2009, that's when the Twilight movie came out. So Twilight Fandemonium was at an all-time high we wanted our vampire fix so now's the perfect time to bring back another series and then when it originally started they wanted to do a ya interview with a vampire Mm. so interesting yeah wow (laughs) 
So read your contracts carefully. If you have a lawyer in the family, don't be shy to ask them Yeah. to read over your contracts and make sure you actually own your intellectual property. Absolutely. That would have to be like the main point of today's episode. Yeah. Own your uh, shit. Yeah. Own your shit. Um, yeah. So listeners, uh, if you want to follow along with us, in our journey of watching The Vampire Diaries on Netflix, then absolutely start binging now. <laughs> um, yeah, by next time we speak, after our Valentine's Day special, we'll be discussing the show and the first season. So, Shit, yeah. we got to figure out a time to record our Valentine's Day special so I can put it up close to valentine's day oh yes we do because we're a little behind on episodes yeah so. <laughs> okay yeah we'll talk about that off mic later yeah a little later um yeah cool and then also uh get ready to watch the blair witch project the original um and sam can you tell us a little bit about like the website that's still up the Blair Witch Project website? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or our website. The, the the Blair Witch one. There might be listeners that just have might have no idea. What what am I supposed to know about the Blair Witch Project website? Um, I don't know. Well, you I know. found it the official movie site. Oh, in October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared into the woods. Oh god, that was really fast. Yeah, um, it's like the Blair Witch. Oh yeah, website. this still looks like their original website. Um mm-hmm. So I feel like everybody knows Blair Witch Project really like was successful because they're one of the first movies that used viral marketing to like get people amped for it. And I we've seen it like recently with um the Gallows and the Charlie Charlie pro the Charlie Charlie thing. Um, but never to the extent that people actually thought these actors had died. Um still a running joke among a lot of people including myself on the my movies instagram page i made a post about it and saying rest in peace to all those who died um but yeah on the internet was brand new in 1999 at least to the extent that it was like it had always existed for the government and stuff since the 70s but they they made it seem like these actors actually went missing so i assume that's what you wanted me to talk about yeah yeah like this movie um because it came out in 99 so in the theaters it just like freaked everybody out because they really like legit thought that this was real um and i know i i've heard stories of people not being able to sit through it not because it was scary but because of the motion camera since that was fairly new like i said you can make the argument that cannibal holocaust is the first found footage movie but it was documentary style so the camera was still pretty stationary from the clips i've seen online um but this was just like a handheld camera the actors were holding it 90 percent of the movie is improvisation like each the actors were actually camping outside and every morning the director would just give them a note of what they were supposed to like do like, do like 
and then just like but, go do it and just talk to they, each other. They wouldn't tell them like what the scary things were going to be. So all the fear in the movie is authentic. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be it'll be a fun discussion. Is it true, Sam, that whenever they like did um, have this movie in theaters, is it true that like um, just to keep with the authenticity of them being like real people, they didn't have like a credits roll? Yeah, I don't think there's a credits roll in this movie. I mean, well, there. I watched it on Netflix yesterday. <laughs> so there, oh. there's, there is, is there a credit roll, but like um. I feel like whenever it came out did they just like not have one to make it seem like, dude, we just put this all together and we're showing it to you. And like, um, they're missing. I don't know. I'll have to look into that because it's not uncommon for a yeah. documentary to have a credits role. I know That's- on, I am, I know on IMDB back when this movie first came out, the actors were credited, but labeled as missing. Oh, uh, maybe it's like that. Cause it was something weird to do with like the credits role and how either there wasn't one or there was, but like, there were like, there's no actors, like they're missing. These weren't, these were real people and stuff like that. So it was something that really just like, just set the audience on edge, mm-hmm. even like at the end. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's I, all I wanted to, to yeah. bring up. And I think that'll do it for this week. Oh, should we um give our audience a little uh like note about um how our episode is going to be a bit different because we're going to have a guest. Oh yeah, we're we're going to have a guest next yeah. week. <laughs> we bad. had to kill someone because you know we're dead. Yeah, so we have to kill someone. Yeah, um, because that's just in the contract. When you become a ghost, you sign. Yeah, if you want a guest on your ghostly podcast, you gotta they have kill to be the guest. And yeah, they can't be human. They like that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bottom line. <laughs> so, joining us in the uh, purgatory afterlife is a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say who the guest is? I don't know. Should we or should we make it mysterious? Let's make it mysterious. Okay, well, we have a mystery guest. <laughs> Ooh. And we will be introducing them during our Blair Witch Project episode next week. Yeah. So if you've never seen Blair Witch, uh, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Watch it now while you can, because you never know when it's going to not be on Netflix for yeah. the next six years. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last time I was on Netflix, I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) At least that was the last time I paid attention to when it was on Netflix because I had just gotten Netflix and it was brand new. Yeah, dude. I believe it because I'm always trying to find it, um, like, streaming, and it's, like, nowhere. Like, it's so hard to track down. So, guys, like, take advantage of it being here. Also, watch it just because we know that you're going to listen to our episode as a follow-up to watching it. So it's in our discussion. All right. It's going to be a really good discussion, I think. Yeah. (laughs) See you guys next week. Yep, that's all we've got. So see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.